But I, I have something I think I feel like uh, very sacred that I want to read you this morning out of the scriptures. It's not necessarily the classic uh, resurrection text, but you know me, I'm not very orthodox sometimes. I'm not very classic. Uh, uh, you just never know. I mean, some of you wouldn't have been surprised if I'd have preached on Christmas, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but but this is this this is so this is so identified with what he did. He arose and and I'm gonna tell you that that assures every one of us that we will in some form or fashion. And that's what I really come to share with you this morning, just a little bit. So I want to read you about four or five verses out of John chapter five. I start with verse twenty-four. If you don't mind, we'll stand, we'll read this together, we'll pray over it, and then we'll ask the Lord's uh, blessings on it to, and use it for his good. But John 5 and 24, if you don't have a Bible, uh, hopefully you can see the wall here. But he says, truly, truly, or verily, verily, in the King James, I say unto you, he that heareth my word. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. I know you can't see the red letters there, but that's what that is. That's red letters. But he says, he that heareth my word. And believeth on him, talking about the Father that sent me. He has everlasting life. And that's what it's all about. I want life. I love life, but I want it everlasting. Uh, I'm not willing to settle just for what's here. Because it's too short. I done figured that out. It's way too short. And it don't it ain't near as it ain't near as awesome as what's coming. Amen. And 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 shall not, and this is my favorite part, shall not come into condemnation. And I'm all about that. I don't want any condemnation at the end of this life. But it's passed from death unto life. Truly, truly, or really, really, I say unto you, the hour is coming. And now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that, shall, they that hear it shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And he hath given him authority to execute judgment. Also because he is the son of man. And here's our text. Here's our text. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming. Into which all that are in the graves. Shall hear his voice. And shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. That's the privileged place. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Let's ask the Lord to bless this uh, service this morning. Bless this word. Brother Angle, would you bless this, this resurrection service? God Almighty, in the name of Jesus, the thing that makes Christianity different is the resurrection. And we're here to honor you today because you said, God hath given me power lay down my life and he gave me power to pick it up again thank you this is the day that you picked it up this is the day that you put life back and gave it to us in Jesus name touch pastor today amen and amen Thank you, Brother Angle. Come on, let's thank the Lord again. Give, hey, go on and lift, lift up a hallelujah right now. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to talk to you just, just for, I'll make it just as, 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 as compact as I can. And, uh, 
preparing, preparing for my resurrection. Preparing for my resurrection. And, and I, I love this scriptures this morning. And, and I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time even building a front porch because we're just going to go right on in the door and move right on in to where I feel like the Lord would have us be this morning. But go back to verse 28, Dusty. Now, I, I want to just kind of unpack this. And really, really how, how the resurrection and the life himself is teaching, is teaching us through his word about our resurrection. And, and honestly, how to be prepared. If someone's going to teach you something about something, it needs to be someone who knows something about it. Someone, someone has, has the knowledge to do it. I know, I know if I want to learn something, I, I like to check out with somebody who knows how to do it, you know, knows how to instruct me, knows the best ways. You know, I don't want to ask, I don't want to ask just anybody. How many know what I'm talking about? And, and if anybody has got resurrection down, it's Christ. If anybody knows the ins and outs about resurrection and, and knows what it is and what it'll take to, for preparation into that, how many know it is him that is the resurrection? That's his title. We, we'll do him no harm this morning just calling him the resurrection, the life. That's just who he is. That's what he's about. So I want to take this a little, smart, a little bit this morning, and I want to look at, I feel like as he's instructing us on, on how to prepare for ours. Because I don't think there's anything more important in this world. I, I like I like what how it begins out here, and this is this is really important. You might you might not think it's much there, but you, my mind works sometimes and, and, and sees things. But I, he says, "Marvel not at this." Of course, he's been he's been rehearsing some things about the resurrection. He's been talking about that, and even in prior scriptures, but especially now as he's getting ready to get into it. But he says, "Marvel not at this." And and he's not talking about don't be amazed about it cuz I'm going to talk to be just a little bit about that. He's not talking about don't be don't don't think it's wonderful or don't be in awe of it. He's not saying that. Let me tell you what I believe he's saying. I believe this morning he's saying don't have big eyed doubts about the resurrection. Don't have some big don't don't this morning. This morning as we as we're going to really be prepared we got to know that the resurrection and the life, that is truth, that it's solid, and that there's no doubt about it. I, think, I don't think it can be, yes, we need to celebrate it like we have. We need to celebrate it, but we, we, for sure we need to settle it this morning. It's the only way we'll ever be prepared is if we know in our heart, if we done made that moment. It's kind of like that Billy Graham moment with his Bible. I don't know if any of y'all ever heard that story, but when he was a young minister or beginning, coming into ministry, he laid his Bible out on a stump, and he just come to the place, and he said, you know what? It's just settled. I'm just going to believe everything that's in this Word. I'm just going to believe what's wrote in this Word, and that's it. And from this day forward, I'm going to go forward as if this is just the only truth, because it is. And that's kind of the way resurrection is. That's kind of how you have to approach it. If you're really going to be prepared for yours, you kind of have to have that moment that you decide, that you just decide. You decide that, you know what, no more big-eyed doubts, no more, no more being amazed or, 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 or unbelief doubts. I'm going, this just settles it. I believe he arose. I believe, yes, he died. I believe, yes, he went into the heart of the earth. Yes, he descended. Yes, he took back the keys of death, hell, and life. Took it all back from the devil. And he arose the third day. And I'm just going to believe that. I believe we can get by maybe doubting some things. Some things that maybe are not so crucial. You know, doubting even, you might even doubt some people or some doctrines or some truths that you've heard passed on or whatever. But I'm going to tell you what, you can never doubt the resurrection. He says, don't, don't marvel at, don't doubt that. Do not. 
And, and when you study scripture, when you see scriptures, and you look at scriptures, you can kind of see that. And anybody that ever moved through anything major for God or done anything major for God or had a big impact on the world for God or come through dark things for God, it was because they had this one fact settled. All the way back in the Old Testament. All the way back. Men, men that done great things for God, even in the, even way before, even when they could all be, they could see was the shadows like we were seeing. That's all the Old Testament seen. They saw shadows of what was coming. They saw the movements in, in certain scriptures. They saw the movements in certain prophecies. They saw vague sightings, just as we did in that illustration. But even they, they come to the place that they decided, you know what, the resurrection is true. It just is. I thought about Abraham. You realize the scripture says that he never staggered. Never staggered in unbelief. Never staggered at the promises of, of God through unbelief. And there was a reason for that. I believe with all my heart. Hebrews eleven nineteen says this. But by faith, when Abraham was tried, remember, to offer up Isaac, tested. I say, if you're really going to pass the test, if you're really going to get through the test that comes on your life, if you're really going to be able to move through some of the hard decisions and the hard points and the hard places of your life, if you're really going to be able to let God lead you and take you into certain areas of the life that it even is going to be expanded into a greater life, you've got to be able to pass the test. And Abraham, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac. And why? Because he had received the promise. He received the promise up in his only begotten time. He believed that Isaac, that God could raise him again. Go to verse 18, 19, right quick. Of whom he said, this is Isaac, shall be thy seed. Verse 19. Accounting, here it is, that he was able, God was able to raise up even, even if he does die here. It's settled. I know he's going to raise. I know he is. And I'll not stagger at anything or not any trial or, or anything that I'm tried at or any test. I'll be, I'll move through it. I'll be able to move through it. What about Job, man? Job, one of the earliest patriarchs. Probably never went, nobody ever, no, nobody known to man had ever went through anything any harder. Job went through some severe days, some dark times. Lost his family, lost his health, lost his wealth, lost his well-being, lost... Completely everything. Lost his friend. Hopeless, discouraged from all around him. But you know what? He was able to push through the darkness. Hang on in there. Get up on the ash pile and praise God anyway. For one reason. I believe that. Give me, the, give me that story of a little piece of the book of Job. He said this. This is what he said. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that he shall stand at the latter day. He's going to be right there. Now, no matter what time and when it is, however how many years it is. But in the latter day, he's going to be standing there on the earth. Verse 26. And though after skin worms destroy my body, yet shall my flesh see God. I'm going to see him. There's this resurrection. I'm sure of it, Job said. Job said, I can go through the darkest of days because I know the resurrection. I can go through the worst of times because I know the resurrection. Whatever comes my way. And it's, a, it's this culture that we live in, we struggle seemingly to live in. And we seem seems like there's so much culture pressure and secular pressure and, and, and so much that tries to sway us away from God, sway us away from our faith. Well, you still need the same thing. 
You just need, you need this, this thing called settled, that it, there's a resurrection coming. That's all Daniel had. Daniel as a young boy. Shipped off, shipped off to Babylon, shipped off all by himself with, with whoever, the, the other little Babylonian kids and, and teenagers. But there he was in a, in a culture that was not submissive to God, a culture that did not believe in God, a culture that was pagan, a culture that wanted to influence him. Went through many political systems. Don't, don't tell me you can't serve God because who's president? <laughs> no. Don't tell, me you, don't tell me you can't serve God because where you work. Don't tell me you can't serve God because who's in your family or your neighborhood. Don't tell me you can't serve God because you can't find a good church. Don't tell me none of that. Because Daniel had none of it. But yet in Daniel 12 we find his secret. Daniel 12, and many of them slipping, this is what Daniel says, slipping the dust of the earth, and they shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame, but all's going to awake. He knew there was a resurrection. And it didn't matter the culture, it didn't matter the system, it didn't matter the pressures. He settled something in his mind, he settled something in his heart. He didn't marvel, he didn't get big-eyed, have big-eyed doubts. When the resurrection, how do you feel this morning as we've sung about the resurrection, as we've talked about the resurrection? Are you sitting out there kind of big-eyed doubting? I'm going to tell you what, you've got to sell it or you're not prepared. I'm just going to tell you, you're not prepared for your own resurrection. Have you not settled the thought that he arose and that's it? He arose. He arose and that just settles it all in troubling times. When God's people was in troubling times. The Old Testament prophets, when they were discouraged, they were beaten down, they were, they, were, they were discouraged by circumstances, discouraged by events, far from God sometimes, suffering, struggling under various pressures and various treatments. God would always send a, a prophet a lot of times. There's several places, but I only give you two because I've got to give you the short list. But he'd send prophets like Isaiah. He sent a prophet, and Isaiah would tell him this. Dead men shall live together with my dead body. My dead, my dead body shall arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. For the dew is as the dew of the herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. There's going to be a resurrection, Isaiah said, in the midst of all this discouragement. There's still going to be. Hosea did the same thing to his people. Hosea said, come and let us return unto the Lord. Amen. It's a good reason this morning to come back to the Lord this morning because we're here celebrating the resurrection. It's a good day for you to return, to return to God. Let us return to the Lord for he hath torn and he will heal us. He has smitten us and he will bind us up. Now verse 2, and after two days, I know, I know it's, it's prophetic, but after two days he will revive us and the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. It's resurrection. It's resurrection. Settle, preaching it to the people that are discouraged. Are you discouraged this morning? My God, he arose. Woo. It's resurrection. It's what it is. It's the power of it. He said, marvel not, marvel not. All the New Testament martyrs, they were able to push through it and not compromise. Are you, do you struggle with compromise? Do you struggle with giving in when you should have held out? Do you struggle with selling out when you should have bought in? Compromise. Compromise. The New Testament, the New Testament martyrs, they learned. They could die. They could be slaughtered. They could have their people slaughtered. But they still wouldn't compromise for one reason. 
resurrection. It all is built on that. That's why we can't marvel at this. And when I say that, we can't doubt it. We can't get big-eyed and doubt it anymore. Look at what he said in, in, in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 11, women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Why? That they might obtain a better resurrection. One that's coming. It's the one that's coming. That is it. That is the whole of it. It's the heart of it. So this morning, first thing, if, if you're struggling with doubt this morning, that's all right. You need to work through that. You need to work through that this morning. Whatever that takes. Ever how God, you might be like that little that, that old man with the little boy who, 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 who believed, but he told God, help me with my unbelief. I need a little help. Maybe you're like that this morning. Or maybe, maybe you just maybe you just need to, to get with God and work through whatever it is you're dealing with. Because I know it could be various things. We all we all struggle with various things. But I'm just gonna tell you this: you got to get over the big eye doubt. Marvel not, Jesus said. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. Jesus says, get over the big eye doubt. Or you're not ready. You're not ready for the res your personal resurrection. Amen. Go back to go back to John 5. Let's get back on track if we can. I like this. John 5 and verse 28, Dusty. John 5, verse 28. Now, I'm going to have to speed up now because I'm, I'm running short already. He says, marvel not at this. Don't, no, no more big eye doubts. Listen to what he said. For the hour is coming. Man. Listen to that. For the hour is coming. It's soon it's upon us. And what he's really telling me, what I see in this, is this, you know, when I think about this hour that's coming, I know, I know you're here for, you think an hour. I said, you think. We got hour for this or hour for that. We got hours. I just want to tell you something this morning. If you're ever going to be prepared for your own resurrection, you got to get this idea that this is the most important hour that I'll ever, I, that man will ever have, that I'll ever have. There's never going to be anything. This hour that's approaching, the hour that, that is coming, that hour. I just want to tell you something this morning. This hour will swallow up every hour that you have spent anywhere else. It will. I know you think you've done important things. I know you think you've got an hour or whatever, important season, important time slot for important things in your life. I just want to tell you this morning, there's nothing more important than that hour that he's talking about. That hour. When that hour comes, here's what I want you to do. You need to live this morning in, 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 in anticipation of it. That, that's what that importance means. Man, I'm, I'm expecting. This hour is coming. It's coming fast. It's coming quickly. Amen. I believe that. Anticipate. Expect. What a great hour. What a great hour that's coming. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen to what Scripture says. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. The hour is coming. I wish it. In the which, I want you to catch this last part. All that are in the graves. This is Christ. If anybody else would have wrote it, maybe we could have big-eyed doubts. Maybe this is why he was getting them ready. Don't, don't have no big-eyed doubt. Because right here he says, all that are in the graves. Have you, have you, have you just, have, are you, you kind of let that sink into all that are in the graves. If you're going to be amazed, right here is a good place to be amazed. Not doubt, but be amazed. If you're going to be in awe, maybe right here, just stop a minute and be in awe. Think about this. 
every grave, every grave is going to give up its body. Every grave. Every, not just in your lifetime. Not just those that I've buried. Every grave. Since Adam. Since Adam. Every grave. Every grave. Every community. Every nation. Every people group. Everybody. Every graveyard. Everyone lost at sea. Everyone lost in fire. Everyone lost in battle. Everyone lost, just lost. Every grave. God has no problem marking them. He has no problem knowing where every grave is. David said, I can't even hide in hell. Every grave. Every grave. Every grave's gonna, gonna give up the bodies. Every grave. Every grave's gonna give it up. How you like that? Every grave. Uncomparable. It's un, un you can't, I don't even think we can compute it. I don't know what the population of the world has been since Adam. But every grave. You're talking about a mass of humanity. Now, if you want to be amazed a little bit this morning, stand in awe and watch, watch what your God does when he resurrects. Watch what your God does when he pulls. Does that make you have big-eyed doubts? How can my God do this? Does that make you have big-eyed doubts to how everyone, every grave, Don't be in awe that way. Be in awe in the sheerness of, of the power and the excellency and the infiniteness of God and how he's going to pull every grave together. Together. He's going to pull everyone together. I like this. And this is how he's going to do it. You know how he's going to do it? It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. They shall hear his voice. Hey! You want to know how he's going to pull them from wherever they are, from from, from from the ash, from the oceans, back back to Noah's flood. Think about it. Noah's flood that, that, that swamped humanity and buried an entire world. They're going to hear his voice. All the way. They're going to hear. We, we've, we've, we've got even scripture to kind of show us what that's going to be like. Even with Lazarus, as we listened to in Sunday school this morning. Lazarus, we've we seen what happened. We know how it's going to happen. Jesus, Jesus, ever how, I don't know exactly the words, but in Lazarus' story, he just stood out there outside the grave and just called out, Lazarus! Y'all heard what the old preachers used to say. If he hadn't said Lazarus, Noah's flood, everybody else, all the other, everybody would have got up because they'd have thought this is the resurrection day. They'd have thought, he's calling, it's time. But oh, no, 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 he had to say Lazarus. For he had not said it, resurrection would have been here. Woo. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. 
This fellow, he hadn't been dead but four days. 4,004. It don't make no difference to God. 6,000. It don't make no difference to God. Don't matter where they buried at either. Little Jairus' daughter in the little city of Nain that was dead. Jesus got there. We see the same picture. He said, damsel, come forth. They're going to hear his voice. They're going to hear his voice. Wherever they are, I'm going to tell you what, the ones that have refused his voice even in this world, let me tell you something. Pharaoh kept refusing his voice. God kept speaking to him through Moses and other things and through, through, through works. God kept speaking to him and, Moses, and, 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 and Pharaoh kept rejecting the voice of God. So God buried him in the ocean, chasing Moses. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day. The voice that he refused to obey in Egypt, he the sands ain't going to hold him. There's not enough sand on Pharaoh to keep him down. Because he's going to call out. He's going to call for Pharaoh, Whitlock. And Pharaoh's going to have to come forth by the same voice. The same voice. He's going to have to come forth. Oh, that voice. That voice voice I would urge you this morning the voice that you hear through God's word through his spirit through ministry through your being and your own spirit bearing witness I'd urge you this morning to hear his voice today today amen because this same voice this same voice is going to call us Wherever we at, if, if if the Lord tarries and we all go by the grave, we're gonna hear His voice, and He's gonna say, "Come forth." Now, wherever they put us, we're coming out, and we're gonna come before Him. Y'all all right out there? Amen, amen, amen. Now we get into we get into some important parts right here. Verse 29, this is what's going to happen. This is what I was telling you. And they shall come forth. This is how the resurrection is going to come down. And they shall come forth. To me, that speaks one thing. There ain't nowhere to hide. Everybody's going to come forth. I want to tell you this, there's nowhere to hide it. I've heard men say this. I've heard men say this about other men. I've heard, I've heard it said a few times in my life that they took it to the grave, whatever it was. Whatever it was. Maybe it was, a, maybe it was an apology. Maybe it was a forgiveness. Maybe it was something. But they say, I've heard them say, they took it to the grave with them. Well, I just want to tell you something. You can take it to the grave if you want, but the grave ain't going to hide it. The grave will not hide it. It may hide it for a while, but when the resurrection comes, when he calls for, when he speaks his voice, and they shall come forth. 
You ain't going to hide it. You might hide it behind a lot of things even here on earth right now. You might hide it behind a smile or some religious thing or you might hide it behind something. But we shall come forth. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. That even on rooftop, there ain't no secrets. There ain't going to be no secrets. You can keep it hush-hush now. Hey! But in that day, from the rooftops, it'll be shouted. I done made a baby cry. <laughs> Amen. From the rooftops, we shall all come forth. Everything will be revealed. Everything will be laid open. Everything will, will come clear. Amen. I believe that this morning. You can take it to the grave. But it's not going to stay there. That's why the, the opportunity for salvation and forgiveness and cleansing and the putting away. Today's the day to put away the secrets. Today's the day to put away what you're hiding. Today's the day. Hey, hey, you can keep on here with it. But it's going to come clear. That's the resurrection. That's the promise of the resurrection. It's the day we'll not hide it anymore. I'm sorry I ruined your celebration. I like to see you shout. I do. But I want to see you ready for your resurrection. More. 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 But they shall come forth. This is, this is where it gets interesting. They shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. They that's done good, they that's done evil. Think about that a minute. They that's done good, they that's done evil. They that's done good, they that's done evil. Where at? On earth? Come on. Where at? On earth. They that's done good, they that's done evil. Where at? On earth. Here, while we've lived here, that's the part of preparing. That's the part of the great work that God does in us through His grace. They just done good, they just done evil. Here's what I want you to hear about that there ain't no grace in the grave. I gotta say that again. There's no grace in the grave. I'm going to be just as solemn as I can be. There's no grace in the grave. None. What he's saying is what the Bible says in numerous places. How you die is how you'll raise. The way a tree shall fall or lay, that's the way she... There's no grace in the grave. We can't, we can't expect to go into the grave one way and to emerge because the grace is here. 
Grace is here. This is where grace is at. I can't find a scripture. I can't find a text. I can't find an example anywhere where there's grace in the grave. I find all kinds of scriptures about there's grace for the day. If you should hear his voice, that same voice, the same voice that tries to res- that's going to resurrect our dead body is the same voice that's trying to resurrect our spiritual man and bring us awake from the dead. The very same voice. You want to be amazed by something? You should be amazed this morning that you're alive in God, that you heard the voice of the resurrection. And he said to come forth unto salvation that you came. There's no grace. It's like, give me, give me the script. Give me Revelation. I'll, I'll read that scripture. He that is unjust, he'll be unjust still. He is filthy, he'll still be filthy still. He that's righteous, he'll still yet be righteous. And he that is holy, he will yet still be holy. Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me. Do you see it? To every man. What? According to what? His work shall he. There's no grace in the grave. Are you getting tired of that? We need to hear it because I, I fear there's, a, there's an hour of kind of a deception where we think we can die dirty, rotten, unbelieving, rejecting the gospel, rejecting Jesus Christ, rejecting the grace, rejecting the cross, rejecting the love. And think somehow, somehow, somehow that in the grace there's this there's no magic in the grave. No magic. All the grace. I don't even want to say it this way, but I'll say it. All the magic is here in this life when you hook up and walk with Jesus Christ. That's the grace. That's where all the grace is. It's where all the power, it's where all the glory, all of it is. Death will have no power to change no man other than to take him out of this life and put him in the place where he now meets his Lord. It's the only power that death has. Amen. Raise the hallelujah. It's true. It's true. Amen. No grace. No grace in the grave. Well, here's, go back to my text, Dusty. I'm, I'm coming to a close. Paul, y'all get ready. Y'all get ready. I'm, I'm making the babies cry. I'm making everybody else up a little uncomfortable. But I do hope you got that. I hope that's my big point right there. That's my big point. There's no grace in the grave. You have to believe in the resurrection and the life here. Here. There's no doubt. I can guarantee you this. When you die, you're going to believe it then. I can tell you that. My Bible tells me every tongue. Every tongue never needs going to believe it. So much so that they're going to bow. They're going to give it up. Everybody's going to believe it then. 
I'm going to tell you what, when the oceans let loose of the bodies and the dirt parts ways and gives way to God and, and, when, and when everyone, wherever they're at over the eons of time are pulled to this center force of pulling power, God Almighty, everybody's going to say, He is the resurrection and the life. But there's no power. No power, in the, no power just in the grave itself. Finally, it says this. It says this. They that have done evil unto the resurrection of, or they, they that's done good unto the resurrection of life, they that's done evil to the resurrection of damnation. And, and here's what I want to say about that. I, I'm not going to. This, when I read that, when I read they that done good to the resurrection of life, they that's done evil to the resurrection of damnation. To me, I'm going to tell you, I can't read stuff like that. I never have been able to. And it still does, it doesn't, I've not ever changed. There's two things when I read stuff like that that happens in my heart and in my mind. Immediately, texts like this draw me. I, I want to I self-examine. I want to I look into my heart. I can't help it. It's just the way I'm built. It's just who I am. I must look and see. I must, I must look into my own heart and my own life because, because I see stuff like it. I see, I see the strength of it. For one thing, I believe in the, in the resurrection. I believe in the Word of God. I believe in every word of it. I believe it says it just like it is. I don't believe there's no finagling. I don't believe there's no rigging it. I don't believe there's no moving it around and how I feel. I don't believe in, in culture changing my mind. I, I, don't even, I don't believe in various translations that lessen it or, or lighten it. I, I, I just believe it like it is. And when I read stuff like that, I'm like, man, I, I've got to look into my heart and my life. And that's what Christ is really doing this morning. It's, it's a good time to take self-examination. Which always leads to decisions, 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 decisions. That's what, that's what your and my resurrection's built on, our decision. Decision about what? The resurrection. All the way back to the start again. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he die, Yet shall he live again. And then he, he does the same thing that, that, that my heart does in this thing. He asks, the, he asks the question, do you believe this? Do you believe it? That's what he asks. He says, do you believe this? It requires a decision. It's how we prepare for the resurrection. Ours. Because he is, has, and he is, it prepares us for ours. And this morning, I, that's my heart. You know what I'd like to do this morning? I'd like to lead somebody away from damnation. I want to lead somebody away from damnation. I believe in damnation. I know it's a lot of the world, a lot of the court, a lot of the churches nowadays don't, but I still believe the whole Bible. I still believe in damnation. I still believe in being lost. I don't believe in universalism. I don't believe everybody. No, I don't. I don't. I believe it's just like Christ said. He's the way. He's the door. But if you don't come in, if you come in any other way, you're a thief and a robber, and you ain't really getting in. And I'd love this morning to lead somebody away from damnation. 
to life. That's what I come here for. I come here this morning wanting that, desiring that. As we celebrate the resurrection, I come here this morning wanting to lead somebody to be prepared for theirs. Because here's the thing, the hour is coming, and in the other verse he said, is now. And see, that's the thing, man. Bam. Death don't end it. It's whether you believe. And it's way beyond just believing in the way we believe now. It's confessing that he is Lord. And my sin. That's really believing. This is who I am. This is my sin. And I believe you're Lord. Save me. Save me. Save me.